This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. Three quarters, one, ten, and four. It's no more time into the stretch. West Saratoga on the outside, right up alongside. Agate Road has made up significant ground down the far outside. It's starting to steamroll home. No more time past the eighth pole. West Saratoga, here comes Agate Road, right down the center of the course. No more time has to make a final 16th of a mile. Agate Road, three legs back. It's no more time. Agate Road is closing stoutly. No more time. Running out of time is Agate Road. No more time in front. No more time wins the Sam F. Davis. Agate Road was second, long way back to West Saratoga. Legion Meadows, they photo third and fourth. Now, here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the First Bet Racing Show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. We head straight out to Santa Anita. They're loading into the starting gate for race two on the card. Calbred maiden three-year-old fillies in for a $50,000 tag. They sprint six furlongs. On the main track, we've got a field of seven going to post in here. First bet, AI says number three, Big Rainbow, who's 0 for 7 coming into this race today. Today is probably her day. She's got a 28% chance of winning, according to the first bet, AI. Frank Miramati has the call of race two out at Santa Anita. They're in the gate. They're off. Big Rainbow, here's Danita Rose with sharp early speed up to take the lead. Headed for Ohm on the far outside, and here's Miss Michelada. And Miss Michelada will duel with Danita Rose down the back stretch. Headed for Ohm, two behind them in third. Big Rainbow asks for a bit more fourth. A gap of four, back to stay up between rivals. Club Ribbon on the outside, and Cat on the run is the trailer. Miss Michelada goes to the three-eighth pole, leading three-quarters of a length to Danita Rose in second. A length and a half, big rainbow, and headed for Omer right together. Huge gap to stay up, club ribbon, and cat on the run. There's room for Big Rainbow, and here's Big Rainbow coming through on the inside to take command with a quarter of a mile to go. Headed for Rome is four wide. Miss Michelada, Danita Rose, one from the outside. They come to the eighth pole, and Big Rainbow with that decisive move has built up a four-length lead on Miss Michelada, Danita Rose, and headed for Rome. It's Big Rainbow and Tyler Bays. Clearly best and strolling in by five lengths. Miss Michelada, Danita Rose, headed for home and stay up. Unofficially 3167 in the second race at Santa Anita. First bet artificial intelligence right on the money with number three, Big Rainbow Bob for Ryan Hansen. And Tyler Bays 0 for 7 coming into this race, but she had been knocking on the door with back-to-back second-place finishers in her last two starts. Puts it all together today and gets the first win of her career. Yeah, no, definitely a very informed horse here. Very good ride by Tyler Bays, finding a big seam on the inside and taking the, uh, the race by the scruff of the neck at a crucial point. Uh, Miss Miche Lada in there was dropping from maiden special weight races in for a tag for the first uh, time in her career. And uh, everything went her way pretty early on in the race. She controlled the pace, but again, uh, decisive move by the form horse, Big Rainbow. 
Once again, welcome to the First Bet Racing Show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman, along with Bob Nastanovich, here every Thursday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, bringing you live action from around the country. Today, we've got action from Gulfstream Park, from Fairgrounds, and as you heard already, some bonus Thursday action at Santa Anita. They don't normally run on Thursdays, but this week is an exception. In fact, I think they're running five straight great days out in Southern California, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Monday, which is a holiday next week. So uh, it's not a place that is long on horse population, Southern California these days. It's going to be interesting to see what the field sizes look like by the end of this five-day stretch. But we're happy to have them on this Thursday afternoon. And we started off with the first bet AI giving us a winner in that second race on the card. Folks, download the first bet app on your iPhone or visit first.com forward slash bet to sign up and play the races. Sign up with the promo code HRRN150, no spaces, HRRN150, to receive a $25 free bet when you deposit within 30 minutes of signing up, plus you get a 100% deposit match up to $150 on your first deposit within 14 days. So great promotions there from our friends over at First Bet. Bob, as we opened the show we heard the stretch run of last weekend's lone kentucky derby points qualifier it was the grade three sam f davis at tampa traditionally the biggest stepping stone toward the tampa bay derby which takes place next month on march the 9th uh big field got together going a mile in a 16th 20 points uh, available to the eligible winner as far as the Kentucky Derby qualifying points go. And no more time, who was 10-1 to on the morning line, coming off a troubled fifth-place finish in the Mucho Macho Man in his previous start. Uh, broke very well under Paco Lopez, went right to the lead, and uh, cruised to an impressive wire-to-wire win, and actually was bet all the way down to the favorite at 3-1. to Pretty talented Iowa bred um, right there. And, uh, yeah, I was quite surprised by the betting patterns there. Didn't see it coming, but as we've learned about Tampa Bay Downs over the years, speed is a huge plus there. And Paco Lopez, fantastic winter he's having. And, uh, you know, the horse that ran second in there is a horse to follow. Agate Road, who was switching from the turf to the dirt. Um, you know, closed every step of the way in the last 16th of, the, of a mile in the race. But... No more time. Built up too big of a lead. Uh, going forward, you know, both these horses come back in, uh, I think, about a month's time for the Tampa Bay Derby. I think uh, last week, the Sam Davis is the prep for the Tampa Bay Derby. I think it's exactly a month between races. So it would be three weeks and two days until Tampa Bay Derby. I wouldn't be uh, surprised to see those two in there again. Yeah, and I will be actually at the Tampa Bay Derby this year. Looking forward to driving up and seeing some great mm. racing at Tampa Bay Downs in the middle of Manchester. Speaking of Tampa Bay Downs, a little bit, uh, it's not, I don't know if it's sad news, but unfortunate, uh, they're going to have a lot of rain this weekend at Tampa. So they have proactively decided to cancel uh, two turf sprint stakes that were supposed to take place this Saturday, the Leinster Turf Dash and the Leinster Lightning City Stakes. Uh, one for the older horses, one for the fillies and mares. Uh, they have been moved from this Saturday, the 17th, to the following Saturday, February 24th. So if you've already, uh, if you were planning on uh, going out or watching some turf sprint stakes at Tampa this Saturday, uh, your SOL. 
as they say, Mother Nature has decided that uh, she doesn't want turf racing at Tampa this weekend, so they are going to be taking place next weekend, the 24th, instead. Uh, more news about Tampa in a minute, but first we need to get over to Gulfstream Park, Bob, for the ninth and final race on their card. 74 degrees here in South Florida, partly cloudy skies. They're on the synthetic track for race number nine, five and a half furlongs the distance here. It's a conditioned $25,000 claiming event. Uh, for four-year-olds and up that are non-winners of three races lifetime or non-winners of a race since October 15th of last year. Uh, eight were entered. Scratch number seven, Uncle B, would have been one of the favorites in this race. Very slight favorite at three to one right now is the number eight, Volkert. Top choice, according to the first bet AI, is the three, Loyal Louie, at five to one. Yeah, no, the betting public does not know what to do with this race. I mean, there's about, well, they're betting everybody but the two at Amor Lejano, who really you can't throw out at all. Um, in this type of condition for, you know, a fairly high tag, like $25,000, you'll get a lot of horses that consistently run well without winning. Perfect example would be Pico Doro in here, two for 33. Uh, in his career, late mover, um, you know, he comes with a very late bid, tends to leave himself too much to do. Um, highly significant scratch. Uncle B, I think he definitely would have been favorite considering the connections. Uh, so no, no, I rat in here. I thought there was pretty good value on the, and I'm pleased with the price on Louis Louis. Um, he's part, a part owned by his former trainer, Ken Sweezy, and he's not run for a tag in his last 10 races. So he runs for $25,000 today. He's a chronic trouble horse. He's had significant trouble in his last three races. And I think uh, with a clean trip, I think he's got a big shot here for uh, Tyler Gaffleone who picks up the mount for the first time for a trainer. Uh, Miss uh, Stormfelt, uh, those two are one for one together. So I thought that was a pretty um, eye-popping uh, booking of uh, Tyler G. And I, I think that uh, Louis Lou will run a, a pretty good race with a clean trip on the synth here. All right. Uh, as Bob mentioned, tough race to handicap here. Public having a tough time deciding what they want to do. Uh, meanwhile, as we say that, uh, they've kind of decided that number eight Volkert is where they're going to be, down to two to one, actually, right now for Mark Hennig and John Velasquez. I mentioned that the weather is not supposed to be great in Tampa this weekend. Uh, the weather is supposed to be awful in South Florida on Sunday. So if you've already got past performances for Gulfstream on Sunday, you can pretty much plan on the turf racing not happening that day and uh, them moving those races over to the synthetic. When I say it's supposed to rain like several inches of rain on Sunday, which is very rare for this time of year in South Florida, and it's really only supposed to be for Sunday and like into Monday morning, and then that's it. And then it's back to normal weather where it's going to be in the 70s and 80s and sunny uh, you know, most days. But uh, Sunday is supposed to be bad in South Florida and could be kind of iffy both Saturday and Sunday up at Tampa Bay Downs, which uh, is not great if you like turf racing. But uh, listen, it is what it is. And uh, if that's the biggest issues that we have in our life, Bob, uh, as we say, first world problems. <laughs> Very much so a first world problem. And uh we have found out in the last several weeks that there are some people that like synth racing, and uh, they'll get plenty of synth racing. In fact, in this race itself, it was uh, kind of interesting to see so many horses the last several starts were on the synth. So 
some trainers and their horses are definitely taking to the tap of the surface at uh, Gulfstream, and there's a few uh, who have you know significantly improved for the for the switch to this surface. Um, yeah, no, I'm just hoping Loyal Louis runs well because I like that price, and I, I do think Volkert's being overbet at uh, at a little over two to one as they go in the gate. Well, I wish I was one of those people who liked the synthetic racing, but it's purely on a profit loss uh, thing for me. If I was better at handicapping races on synthetic tracks, then I'm sure I would like it better. I'm just stink at it. So uh, it is what it is. I stink at that. I'm not, not very good at turf sprints, so I tend to stay away from both of those things. Listen, there are only so many times you could be hit in the head until you figure out that uh, what you're doing <laughs> is wrong. And I've been hit in the head enough with the synthetic track racing and turf sprints and even races like the Breeders' Cup turf. I'm just terrible at that race as well. Uh, Okay, they are going in on the synthetic track for the finale at Gulfstream Park. Pete Aiello, rest of the load and the call. And runners away. From between horses, Loyal Louie gets the first call. Volkert looking to get over. He's in a perfect spot early. In between horses, it's Frost and Faith. And up on the inside, Amor Lejano. Working out in the center is Doc Amster, third last. Cross Haste is second last. And Pico Doro, the early trailer, with half a mile to race. Loyal Louie and Tyler Gaffleone on top by a length. Volkert right where he wants to be second. Three wide, Doc Amster is now third from Amor Lejano, who's at the rail in fourth. Frost and Faith works between horses, then Cross Haste and Pico Doro at the back. Past the 5 sixteenths with Loyal Louis the target. He leads a length and a quarter. Volkert second, three wide, Doc Amster third. Frosted Faith is being called on, but he's not really responding. Pico Doro's underway, and Amorlejano's toward the rail. They're at the top of the stretch. The leader is still Loyal Louis. He's an eighth of a mile from home and two on top. Now it's time for Volkert to go to work, but he's not bridging the gap. Late run from Pico Doro, 16th to go. Loyal Louis driven out by Gaffleone. Volkert can't reach him, and Pico Doro tries to get into second, but Loyal Louis is in front. Loyal Louie beats Volkert by almost two with Pico Doro third. Close after that involving Frosted Faith and Doc Amster in 102-1. and one. Good pick by the first bet AI. Good pick by Bob Nastanovich. Number three, Loyal Louie under Tyler Gaffalione gets on top, never looks back, and scores at a nice price of 5-1. to one. Yeah, no, I mean, basically, you know, Volkert's a horse they made favorite in here who likes to run second, you know, and, and basically ran... Um, his usual race in here, same with uh, um, Pico Doro. I thought, you know, it was 5-2 to two in the morning line. Actually went off closer to 9-2. to two. Um, You know, they, they they pick up checks, but they're, you know, hard horses to win races with. And, and Loyal Louie, you know, there were some, some significant changes in his form. He's running for a tag today. Um, you know, looked like a, a race that he could definitely win. And uh, the booking of uh, Tyler Gaffleone, I mean, this this young trainer – um, who I need to find out more about. That's her sixth one of the meet. Julie Stormfelt's her name. She's, you know, she's now two for two. So when, you know, Gaffley owns her go-to guy. And he rode a great race, you know, very aggressive race. And, uh, you know, I know you don't bet much synth, but it seems like the last few dozen synth races I've seen down there, speed's pretty good, you know. So uh, this was a race that was uh, over, a, you know, before they ran a quarter of a mile. All right, 381, the unofficial top three in the ninth and final at Gulfstream. We'll get you those prices 
in a little bit. Uh, Bob, before we get over to fairgrounds, and they're about three or four minutes away from post time there, uh, talk a little bit more about the Sam F. Davis. So we saw an impressive win by no more time in getting the job done in the Davis, and he will likely come back in the Tampa Bay Derby next. Horse, who was very likely going to be not only favored, but heavily favored in the Sam Davis, is the Todd Pletcher trainee Locked who uh, supposedly had a little bit of a fever and missed a work, and so they decide not to run him. And now we don't, we don't know where he's going to show up next. But uh, the, I thought it was interesting that Locked was the individual favorite among, uh, amongst the pool four horses uh, for this upcoming Kentucky Derby future wager that's tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. Considering that, you know, Locked missed a race now. He was soundly beaten by fierceness the last time we saw him run in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. But he is the the singular choice. The all-other three-year-olds is the is the favorite at 2-1 to one to open the wagering. But Locked is the 10-1 to one individual favorite. That just seems it, – it, it's almost like they're telling us that this is a wide-open year. Uh, it's because the most wide-open – you know, I, I think we say this just about every year unless we there's, you know, one or two horses that, you know, completely jump off the page. But there certainly isn't a dominant horse. And if there is – well, we've talked about it at great length on, you know, on these shows. Um, you know, Nysos is ineligible. And he's definitely clearly shown the most of any three-year-old cold. He's just not eligible for the race. So, um, you know, basically fierceness, his, you know, oft-debated subpar performance in the Holy Bull has cast us completely wide open. And, uh, I mean, you'd have to be – you'd have to know a lot more than I do to take a short price on locked right now to win the Kentucky Derby. I mean, he's a good horse. I mean, he's got a good resume. I, I, it, it'd be nice if he gets over his little problems and is in the gate. Um, I think, you know, basically as the race takes shape, um, in fact, I was doing a little bit of research on one of the Japanese entrants, um, whose name escapes me right now, but we might see something, you know, wild, um, you know, the UA Derby, you know, finally might have, you know, might be an impactful race uh, on the Kentucky Derby. So, um, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, there's I'm sure there's a lot of people out there right now. I couldn't have been more wrong when it came to the Sam Davis. I thought Patriot Spirit run a good race. You know, I thought he'd enjoy the mile on the 16th. He basically was done after six furlongs, never looked comfortable, rank early. Um, I was pleased to see West Saratoga return to form, ran a good race at 31 to one. I think he's, you know, he's a cool horse, but I don't think it was a great renewal of the Sam Davis. And I think, you know, a horse that, you know, Agate Road's the only horse I would take out of there going forward, at least in Oldsmar. All right. Well, we uh, have plenty of time to look forward to those horses coming out of that race and where they show up next and see if there are some new shooters a few weeks from now uh, when the Tampa Bay Derby takes place on March 9th. Coming up to the sixth race on the card at Fairgrounds, 67 degrees, cloudy skies, main track fast, turf course firm, and they are on the turf for race six, maiden special weight event at a distance of a mile and a 16th, scratch numbers three and ten. We've got a field of eight going to post number one, Rocket roll bolt is the current favorite on the board at two to one the first bet ai says number six uh cabernado at nine to two is where you want your money what say you bob nastanovich 
Well, you know they're crossing over onto the turf course now. This, you know, the you know these maiden races at uh, fairgrounds are are usually really good, but uh, I landed on the on the most well-bred horse in the race. And that's pure poetry from the Cox Barn. This is a full brother to Wadsworth, who, of course, won turf stakes at Kentucky Downs. Ann Ellis, um, out of a mare called Dickinson, who won the Grade One Jenny Wiley at, at Keeneland. I think it's the most well-bred horse for the turf. You got to put a line through through uh, his effort at. Um, his first one of his career, you know, he's got, I mean, he was a two-year-old, and he, you know, he, I think he adds, yeah, adds Lasix today, and it might as well as an interesting first-time starter for uh, Whit Beckman, but I'm going to go with the five pure poetry. They're about half-loaded. All right, yeah, as Bob mentioned, uh, continuing the loading process here, we now just have two left to load. Those are Bob's top choice, number five, pure poetry in the royal blue colors of Godolphin, trained by Brad Cox, ridden by Florent Giroux. Toward the outside, uh, one of a few first-time starters in the field, Brilliant Birdie, son of Noble Mission, uh, debuting for Cherie DeVoe, who uh, does just fine with first-time starters. Here's John Dooley on the call. They're in the game. And they're off. Nice line out. And there's Pure Poetry, who strides away with through the inside rock and roll bolt, Cabernado, might as well with an early bid as they head toward the first turn. So it's Pure Poetry, Pure Poetry and Florent Giroux in the Godolphin Blue. Leads here might as well in the early stages. Cabernetos Keen, the white cap, and Rock and Roll Bolt with the rail as Pure Poetry leads as they turn. Then comes the newcomer, Brilliant Bernie, in the lime green cap. Toward the inside is Night Out, and the other Godolphin maiden, it's Pure Poetry who leads them to the back of the course. Then comes Dream Cruise, making his first voyage, and Kiss the Moon has dropped back to be eighth and last. Pure Poetry leads them through a quarter and 23.50 seconds, making this backstretch run. It's the Sun Equality Road. Pure Poetry dictates the field. Pure Poetry in front, nicely to the half mile. Jaime Torres has might as well that newcomer close in tow. Pure Poetry is four furlongs from the winning line. The Jareth Lubberry rock and roll bolt up the rail three quarters length to Cabernet length away. Tonight down to who's next, also in the Royal Blue. There comes Brilliant Birdie from Kiss the Moon. And Night Dream Cruise has dropped back to last. It's still Pure Poetry. Half mile in 49.13 seconds. They traverse the far side of the fairgrounds course, where Pure Poetry remains the leader from as well, who's now being asked to improve. Pure Poetry leans at the quarter pole. Pure Poetry might as well. Rock and roll bolt with in between horses Cabernado. Night out up the inside trail. From Kiss the Moon, Brilliant Birdie, we trail back to Dream Cruise. There's one for long to go. Pure Poetry looking to finish them off. But here comes this bid by Rock and Roll Bolt. Night out also switched out. They're deep in the final furlong with Florent Giroux. It's Pure Poetry who's holding on to this advantage. A short advantage from Rock and Roll Bolt still trying hard. Then Night out. It's a one Three Godolphin, Pure Poetry has beaten Rock and Roll Bolt and Night Out. Then Cabernetto, Brilliant Birdie, Kiss the Moon. Might as well loom, but dropped away, and Dream Cruise trailed home. Unofficially 5-1-4-6 in the sixth race at Fairgrounds. Another good pick by Bob Nastanovich, number five, Pure Poetry. Getting the job done under Florent Giroux, holding off the steady bid of number one, Rock and Roll Bolt, who continues to run decent races, but just coming up second best once again. Three to one, the off odds on Pure Poetry covers the mile in a 16th in 143-2. and two. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get you paid at Santa Anita, Gulfstream, and Fairgrounds. They're coming onto the track for race three out at Santa Anita. This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. Today, more than 6 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's, and more than 11 million family members and friends serve as their caregivers. While researchers are working tirelessly to end Alzheimer's and all other dementia, 
the number of people living with Alzheimer's is expected to more than double by 2050. The toll of the disease is monumental and its devastation affects family, friends, and especially caregivers. No one should face Alzheimer's and dementia by themselves. If you or someone you know is struggling to provide care to a loved one, please share this message. You are not alone. Free help and resources are available 24-7. To talk with an expert and obtain disease-related information, care and support services, call 800-272-3900 or visit the Alzheimer's Association website at alz.org. You are not alone. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. We gather together in communities across the nation to remember and honor, to celebrate and support, to light the night. Join us as we lift our lanterns high in order to move toward a world free of blood cancers. Join us as we light the night for a loved one. Join us. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Our mission is to cure leukemia, lymphoma, Hodgkin's disease, and myeloma. Our aim is to improve the quality of life of patients and their families. Join us. We are LLS. And when we walk, cancer runs. Join your community and help bring light to the darkness of cancer. Join us as we light the night. Find your local event at lightthenight.org. That's lightthenight.org. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Noontime Spender. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Endlessly, the favorite, splitting horses up into third and only about two lengths off the lead. Guy named Joe is looping up to the outside. Then it's Grogu as they arrive at the top of the stretch. And it's Tapalo, who's homeward bound, has a lead by about three lengths. Endlessly, the chalk comes on the outside and endlessly has a 16th of a mile to make up two lengths. And it's Tapalo with the lead close to home. But it's endlessly, endlessly, the favor sweeps on by for the win. Topolo second, guy named Joe third, Old Triangle fourth. That was Bill Downs on the call. Final meet, unfortunately, ever in the history of Golden Gate Fields and very likely the final running ever of their biggest three-year-old race, the El Camino Real Derby, won by endlessly. Not a points qualifier toward the Kentucky Derby, but an automatic qualifier uh, for the Preakness Stakes. The winner endlessly automatically gets a berth in the Preakness if that's where they want to go with him. Welcome back to the First Bet Racing Show here on HRRN. 
Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Owe you some prices, including race two at Santa Anita, Bob, where number three, Big Rainbow, broke through with the first win of her career. Three-year-old Dark Bayer Brown filly by Mr. Big out of the Yankee Gentleman Mare Twin Spirit, owned by California Racing Partners, Jogula Racing, and others, and uh, Ryan Hansen, the trainer, with Tyler Bays aboard. Yeah, no, that was kind of, kind of a generous uh, win payoff on Big Rainbow. I thought she'd go off uh, significantly shorter. She brought the best uh, form into the race for sure, and a great ride by Tyler Bays. Uh, good to see him uh, back to his best. Big Rainbow, the three paid 580 to win, 280 to place, 220 to show. Co-favorite uh, Miss Michelada paid uh, 340 to place, 280 to show, and uh, Donita Rose paid 320 to show. The one dollar exacta 319 dollars. The one dollar trifecta 316.2890, and the one dollar superfecta 3167 paid 6550. All right, we will get you the prices at Gulfstream and Fairgrounds in just a few minutes, but we need to get out to Santa Anita first because they're only a few minutes away from post time for race three on their Thursday card, special Thursday racing today out at the Great Race Place, and we are very happy to be covering them here on the First Bet Racing Show. Race three on the card is a flat mile on the turf, which, of course, is two turns out at Santa Anita. Uh, Condition $25,000 claiming event. These are fillies and mares that are non-winners of two races lifetime. We've got a field of seven. Number one, Northeast Star, who was uh, claimed out of her last start by trainer George Papa Padromo, uh, is the favorite on the board right now at odds of three to two. Also, the selection of the first bet AI, George Papa Padromo, uh, not having his best season. He is uh, really was on a hot streak the last few years. A lot of his horses uh, have been kind of taken away and given back, if you will, to uh, other trainers. And uh, he, he had gotten horses uh, for owners who their trainers were either suspended or away or whatever you want to say for a while. And these trainers being back, uh, the owners are loyal. And uh, some of George's best horses are no longer with him for no fault of his own. He did obviously phenomenal work with those horses, but I don't think he has quite the stable now that he did six months ago when uh, he's having a slow start to the meet. Yeah, I mean, but one thing about his his career really since, you know, we became aware of uh, George's name is he uh, he kind of built his reputation uh, with, with um, you know, as a, as a claiming stable, successful claiming stable before he started getting good horses. And uh, this is very much in his ballpark, Northeast Star. Claimed for $25,000, entered aggressively right back in for the same tag. Got beat by a horse uh, January 12th called Avon Tap, who came back and won. Um, you know, a lot in uh, this Galileo, Galileo Gold uh, fa- fa- four-year-old filly, uh, a lot in her favor today, including a rider that uh, uh, Papa Padromo doesn't uh, have the opportunity to use very often, Juan Hernandez, picks up the mount from uh, Kimura. My concern is I'm not even, despite the, she's very much bred for for two turns, I, I feel like she's, you know, kind of a, a rock and a hard place type filly. She might prefer sprinting. And uh, the public's on the horse that I really like in here. She was 6-1 to one in the morning line, which I thought was gift money, the seven-horse um, Ankara, A-N-K-Y-R-E. I think they think uh, – I think uh, um, Anchor is how they say it. Uh, blinkers off for Ryan Hansen. 
Um, he's on a little bit of a roll. It's a really nice uh, mare by anchor down. Pretty gray mare. And, uh, Bob, I'm going to cut you off. They're off it. at Santa Anita. Go ahead. Dolly May, Zizek's hustled up now to take the lead. Anchor on the outside is very fast, too, and comes right up alongside of Zizek's. Yvette's surprise. Racing in between horses and down at the rail, Northeast Star. DeJoria is three wide. Dolly May, who broke right on top, settles nicely toward the back of the field with the trailer, Leopardess. Six furlongs to run, and it's Zizek's. A length and a half in front, Ankara's in second. They're followed by Northeast Star along the fence, third. Now losing just a touch of ground to be a three lengths off the pace with DeJoria's on the outside. Then it's Yvette's surprise, fifth, four lengths off the lead. Dolly May moves up willingly at the rail and Leopardus at the back. Zizek's past the half-mile pole, a length and a half to Ankara in second. Northeast Star, DeJoria. Yvette's surprise is next. Dolly May is down on the inside, five lengths off the lead, and Leopardus has trailed throughout. Around the far turn, and Ankara is up to take a narrow lead from Zizek's in second. Two more to DeJoria third. Northeast Stars had a good trip at the rail. Angling out for the drive now as the field turns for home. And it's Ankara and Zizek's clear sailing for Northeast Star. And Dolly May is starting to rally behind this trio. They're in the final furlong. Northeast Star comes to Ankara. They're coming for the wire together. And Northeast Star surges past late to win it by a length. Ankara was second. Then it was Dolly May, Leopardus from last, and a photo involving Zizek's for fifth. First bet, AI strikes again, picking number one, Northeast Star, who goes off the favorite in the race, unofficial top four, one, seven, three, two. Northeast Star uh, getting up and by the leaders in the late stages to win going away. Bob, you had mentioned this, even though trainer George Papa Padromo was not having the greatest of starts to this winter meet at Santa Anita. He's always been good first off the claim, and that's the one stat that has really held for him, and it holds again today. Yeah, no, and, and um, you know, it just looked like – and he spots him aggressively. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys – claim horses um you know move them up over their head and then you know get realistic um this you know the pot here was uh you know pretty decent for this level and uh you know who knows if she got claimed again and it, and uh one thing notable about that race I mean Juan Hernandez now for a, a, at least a few years has been the king out there obviously uh, Bob Baffert's number one man and currently riding at a 23% clip, and that was the perfect example of uh, what a strong and effective rider he is. I mean, he kind of drafted in there. Look for look for a second that he was in a bit of a gambit, uh, tip, tipped her out at the perfect time, and, you know, those were t- the, clearly the two best uh, fillies in the race. And, uh, you know, no, no excuses for the seven. She got beat three quarters. She just ran into a better filly, and, and the public got it right, even money versus five to two, but... Uh, now, good good for the stable. They need the winner. Um, they've had 11 thirds this meet. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, they're very happy to get the, yeah, their third win on the board and, and uh, more power to them. Once again, 17325, the unofficial top five. Fifth place finisher, a long shot uh, that Frank Miramati called Zizix. I always thought it was Zizix. It's spelled Z Z Y Z X. And if you're from Southern California, you've probably seen that name before. If you're not, then you're probably wondering what the heck this person was thinking naming 
this horse this. There is an exit between on off of I-15 between L.A. and Vegas called Zizix Road, Z-Z-Y-Z-X. Uh, and the reason I know that is that I got a speeding ticket going past, and it's <laughs> somewhere near Zizix Road. This is a long time ago, but I just remember it being a speed trap. It's the middle of nowhere, and if you're ever driving – from Vegas to L.A. or vice versa, uh, you will it, you will not forget the name Zizix Road because it's just so strange to see any anything that's called that. It's just, it's like driving from uh, Lexington to Cincinnati. You see in it something that says Big Bone Lick State Park or something like that, and that doesn't seem yeah, like that's something what it that is. You, you know, that doesn't seem like something you'd see every day. Um, but, uh, yes, that is there. So, anyway, Zizix wrote, by the way, here's a little fun party fact for you, Bob, and you may have known this because you were a, a man of the world. Uh, the main town on the road between L.A. and Vegas or vice versa is called Barstow, B-A-R-S-T-O-W. Oh, yeah. And uh, right now, I mean, now it's an exit that, you know, there's three or four different exits and all sorts of, you know, there's shopping, gas stations, and fast food and whatever. But way back when... It was basically one exit, and um, there was a McDonald's there, and I'm sure it's still there. But at for a long time, it was known as the busiest McDonald's in the world. Uh, it was open 24 hours, and it was basically the only place that you could stop between L.A. and Vegas. And uh, oh god, yeah, and they and they were very very busy. But now that now you got In and Out Burger and Fat Burger and Del Taco. Oh yeah. All the stuff that you can go to. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so that's that. All right. Um, let's get some prices in for both Gulfstream and for Fairgrounds. Ninth and final on the card at, at Gulfstream. Won by uh, top selection for both Bob Nastanovich and the first bet AI. Number three, Loyal Louie. A six-year-old Dark Bay or Brown gelding by Country Day out of the Congrats Mare Dream Come True. Owned by Kenneth James and... Uh, Russell, Kent Sweezy, and others trained by Julie Stormfelt, Tyler Gaffleon aboard. Great aggressive ride by Gaffleon here. Uh, you know, took the race by the scruff of the neck in the first 100 yards, and uh, Loyal Louie found plenty on the front end to uh, hold Volkert and Pico Doro safe. The three horse paid 1380 to win, 580 to place, 360 to show. Volkert, another second, 380 to place. 280 to show. Pico Doro paid $3 to show. The $1 exact of 38 3520 The 50-cent try, 381-5145. And the $1 trifecta of 381-6 paid 440-750. That was Doc Amster there for uh, Team Archangelo picking up the fourth place, place prize. Over at Fairgrounds, sixth race on the card was uh, is now official, and Bob's top selection, number five, Pure Poetry, with the hard-fought win. He's a three-year-old Bay Colt by Quality Road out of the Medallia d'Oro Merrick Dickinson, owned by Godolphin and trained by Brad Cox with Florent Giroux. Yeah, I mean, the the addition of Lasix might have made a difference here today, or just maturity. This is, you know, very, very well-bred, like so many of them are from uh, Godolphin. Uh, definitely a tough horse, tough friend, a front end horse. You know, kind of the perfect fit for uh, his rider, Florent Giroux. Pure poetry looked like a horse to uh, follow. He dug in two or three times in the stretch when Rock and Roll Bolt came to him. 
Uh, he was the five. He paid eight sixty to win, three eighty to place, three dollars to show. Rock and roll bold, another second. Uh, definitely looks like a horse that's sitting on a on a a win, but uh, you could say that about his last few races. He paid three to place, two forty to show. Night out, good effort for the Stidham Barn. Paid three eighty to show. The one dollar exact of five one, thirteen dollars ten cents. Fifty cent try five one four twenty five twenty five. The one dollar superfecta five one four six one hundred and twenty five fifty. All right. Um, speaking of the fairgrounds, the Triple Crown Trail is underway. With the next stop at Fairgrounds this Saturday, February 17th, this loaded day of stakes action features an all-stakes late pick five that comes with a $25,000 in bonus cash from first bet. Correctly solved, the day's hottest wager, you'll receive your share of an extra twenty-five grand. Once again, that's this Saturday, the Fairgrounds 25K hit and split it. And, of course, the featured race this Saturday, Bob, is the Risen Star. It is the first of the uh, races here in this country where the winner, assuming uh, he's eligible, and all of them are eligible, and I keep saying that just in case Bob Baffert runs horses in these races. You know he's going to do that eventually, maybe not at fairgrounds, but at Santa Anita or Oaklawn, places like that. But the winner of the Risen Star gets 50 Kentucky Derby qualifying points, which for the, for the lack basically makes it a win-in-your-in race for the Kentucky Derby. It's a yeah, it's a win in your end race. I mean, fifty always gets you in. Fifty gets you in the definitely in the top fifteen. So, um, yeah, I mean, one good thing you mentioned. Uh, some keep an eye on the weather in New Orleans. You mentioned the weather in South Florida. Um, seems like there's always a chance. I mean, it's going to be nice temperatures in New Orleans, so that, you know they're definitely going to race. But uh, you might be handicapping for for a wet track at the fairgrounds. They've got rain. Expected tomorrow, a little bit cooler on Saturday, high 57, low 43 with a chance, 91% chance of rain. So look for your off-trackers, your mudlarks, uh, and the Risen Star and several other excellent stakes races. Hopefully they'll be able to keep uh, the races on the turf course there. There's a few nice ones. Uh, There are a couple uh, rulings against trainers in the last week, Bob, and one of them actually affects or could affect racing at the fairgrounds. And that involves trainer Jonathan Wong. Uh, According to the Blood Horse, Wong suspended for two years, fined $25,000 for metformin positive. Metformin is a drug that's commonly used for diabetes in humans. Um, and apparently it was it's not legal it's not legal as far as administering to horses and uh, according to the arbitrator who heard the case it uh, long story short uh, there were a lot of inconsistencies in Jonathan Wong's uh, explanations and stories and if you want to even cut it shorter she thinks he lied and that's all there is to it so Jonathan Wong is suspended uh, for a couple of years and find some money. However, since Louisiana is not adhering to HISA or any of their rules, they're just kind of on their own right now. If Jonathan Wong wanted to race horses, he could do it in Louisiana, assuming uh, they would be willing to grant him licensing. I don't know if he's currently licensed down there or not, but he could continue to ply his trade uh, in Louisiana year-round uh, You know, for the time that he's quote-unquote, suspended from basically everywhere else. I take two metformin a day, Bob. They make me incredibly fast. 
Yeah, and by the way, if uh, y- if you were the poster child for the increased energy that metformin gives you, I would say that you need more. <laughs> I don't know. I take two giant horse pills a day, you know. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I you, know, you, you and I have hung out a little bit. And there's never a point that where I said, God, he, I can't keep up with him. I can't keep up with Bob. <laughs> yeah. God, I mean, look! Look at the I need a, look at I, the vim and vigor in that guy. <laughs> I need to I need to win with metformin syringes dangling. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, listen, I, it is I what a guy, it is. Really... Whether you think that metformin should or should not be on the list of drugs that is not allowed for horses, that's a, that's a different uh, subject. You know, maybe maybe it doesn't affect anything. As far as the horse's performance, the, the fact of the matter is it's not allowed. And whatever explan- ex- uh, explanations that Jonathan Wong was giving uh, were apparently not believable. Yeah, no, basically, I mean, you know, one of my good friends has been training um, in Northern California for decades. Um, trained a couple of horses for me, and he spent, he, you know, he said, he, I'd, I'd be like, you know, Bill, what are you doing? And he'd be standing outside the bar, and he's like, I'm just trying to figure out what this Juan guy's doing, you know. Um, so he basically has been under scrutiny, um, you know, and, and talked about for a long time. And who knows? Um, like you said, the most significant thing is metformin is not allowed, and he was using metformin, and then he's not apparently silver-tongued. And, uh, you know, essentially – um, the Wong factor is something that uh, is a particle of the past, and you know, like like you said, unless he decides to apply his trade at Delta and Evangeline, because um, you know a, a lot of horses in a stable won't won't fit um, at the fairgrounds. All right. Uh, well, we'll we'll see uh, what happens there, and uh, but he's allowed to race down in Louisiana right now, and we'll see if that's where he ends up, or if he takes the two years off, or who knows. But obviously, a power barn. And uh, they won a whole lot of races in Northern California over the last 10 years or so. Oh, yeah. a, lot of ra- a lot of races in Southern California as well. Uh, speaking of races at the fairgrounds, we're about a minute or two away from post time for the seventh race on the card. And this race is a mile on the main track. It's uh, a starter allowance optional claiming event for four-year-olds and up that have uh, run under starter allowance conditions or they're in for a claiming tag of $30,000. Scratch number two, uphold the law field of eight going to post in this race it's number eight Koufax for Tom Amos and Edgar Morales nine to five on the board and the solid choice of the first bet AI yeah understandably so a few things um, that you might have missed while you're away and and, uh, let me be the first to tell you we certainly uh, missed you on on horse racing radio network Uh, the one horse is trained by um, a young woman named Sarah Delaney who's got a small string of horses at Delta and Fairgrounds. She had a, an incident when she was kicked in the neck. Um, it was the part of the uh, Blood Horse News re- uh, recap. She trains the one in here, French composer. Her husband's actually look after the horses now, but there's a GoFundMe. Um, she's doing okay, but she needs your help. Um, this race, they load so fast at this track, you really got to keep an eye on them. Apparently they do so at Santa Anita as well, um, which is great. Yeah, it's a great quality for uh, to have a high-quality uh, gate crew. But uh, the six runway magic, um, right and just, Koufax, they all look to have uh, speed in here. I think they're going to force a quick pace. It's great to see Gary Shear having a wonderful meet down there. He trains the five unified dreams. But El Oriente is very interesting in here. 
Um, grade one winner in Chili's in for 30000 a day. The, cl- the class drop could be based on frustration. Who knows? But that's the selection. All right, last few runners going into the gate for the seventh race at Fairgrounds. In fact, now we're just waiting on the last one. Uh, number nine is BLE for Eduardo Rodriguez and Yoel Navas. Mooning to the outside gate now. Here's John Dooley. They're in the gate. And they're off. Koufax, the gray, broke sharply. There's Koufax for Edgar Morales, looking to cross and clear as they make this run toward the first turn. Unified Dreams with an early bid, and right there toward the inside, French Composer, right and just running in fourth as they turn. Then comes El Oriente with Runway Magic. He's got this, and Lee, it's Koufax. Koufax leans a close-up Unified Dreams. From here, six furlongs. From the first line, French composer right and just is running a joint third. Runway Magic is in fifth and close up as Koufax leads by three quarters of length. And the trailing trio, El Oriente, he's got this. And why Bialy has dropped back to eighth and last, the first two of eight furlongs for Koufax. 23.93 seconds as they make this run toward the half-mile pole. Koufax nicely out in front for Agmarales as Florange Roux keeps Unified Dreams close in tow to the gray leader. Then French composer up the rail for Mitromarol. Runway Magic running in fourth. Right and just has been a wide fifth. Then comes El Oriente, who's being ridden to gain. He's got this, and Bialy now losing contact as they round the far turn half mile. 47.61 seconds. Koufax continues to lead. Unified Dreams is right there as they come into this final quarter of a mile. French composer, Runway Magic, he's got this and the rest. Koufax has a lead in the top of the seventh, but Unified Dreams sweeps on the outside after three quarters. In 1 minute 11.63 seconds, Unified Dreams takes a crack at Koufax. Koufax toward the inside on Unified Dreams as they battle past the 16th. And then he's got this with French composer El Oriente Runway Magic. Unified Dreams and Koufax toward the inside. Koufax sticks that gray neck out. Koufax holds. Unified Dreams. French composer third and El Oriente finish fourth. Unofficially, 8-5-1-4 in the seventh race at Fairgrounds, Bob. Two of them battling well clear of the rest of the field all the way down the stretch. The favorite, Koufax, on the inside. Number five, Unified Dreams on the outside. Looked for a long while like Unified Dreams had every chance to get on by. And I think he ran his race, just Koufax would not give up. And he held on, giving that first bet AI yet another winner on today's card. Oh, First bet's really on a, on a roll. Um, square price on this one, 5-2, to two, same as the morning line. Maggie Moss owned, Tom Amos trained, and uh, she's just got to be over the moon with the effort by uh, Koufax there. Um, again, like you said, no excuses for the very well-meant Unified Dreams in a, comp- a very spirited mile-long duel. Might have been a little bit affected by a significant stumble by Wright and Just coming out of the gate. Um, El Oriente basically was under a drive at the half-mile pole. Didn't make any impact at all, nor did anybody else. French composer uh, for the Delaney Barn uh, picked up the pieces and finished third. But uh, what a uh, tenacious uh, display. We've seen a few of them today. Um, and uh, Koufax, a uh, very tough horse, very much in form uh, for uh, high-profile connections who won a lot of races. Folks, did you know Verizon is now offering customers a free iPhone 13 or up to $800 to put towards a new 5G phone? This offer is available for all customers, both new and current, with select trade-in and select 5G unlimited plans. 
Verizon's best 5G unlimited plans offer up to $90 per month of value, the most included value in the industry, and include incredible savings and the most popular entertainment like Disney+, Hulu, ESPN+, Apple Music, and more. So turn in your old 4G device, walk away with a brand new 5G device at your local Verizon store today. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, OEA prices at both Santa Anita and Fairgrounds. We'll look back at some more great racing from last weekend. We've got more great live racing today. First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes, Good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. How was your job to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Trainer Talk, presented by Phasing Tipton. Please join me in welcoming Hall of Fame trainer Todd Fletcher. Hall of Fame trainer Nick Zito on Trainer Talk. Welcome Hall of Famer Bob Baffert to the program. Hall of Fame trainer Shug McGahee, nice enough to spend some time with us. Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott here on Trainer Talk. Dual Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer Talk, the biggest names in horse racing. Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show 
on the Horse Racing Radio Network. But Saddle Up Jesse is traveling very well as they reach the top of the stretch here in the Heavenly Prize. And Saddle Up Jesse, a confident look back from Matty Franco. And Saddle Up Jesse is opening up on the field. Lady Brew towards the outside is trying to make up some late ground. Spiked is right there. Same thing for Movie Moxie. Inside the final furlong, Saddle Up Jesse is trying to put it away. It's Saddle Up Jesse with a four-length cushion inside the final 16th. It is all Saddle Up Jesse to win the Heavenly Prize in dominating fashion. Movie Moxie comes back there for second. Then came Spiked and Lady Brew in 1 minute 38 and 1. In the same call, did he say Saddle Up Jesse trying to put it away and then Saddle Up Jesse's up by four? It sounds like Saddle Up Jesse had he well did, in yeah. hand uh, down the stretch of the Heavenly Prize. Yeah, no, the chart doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah, uh, welcome back to the First Bet Racing Show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman, along with Bob Nastanovich. We owe you some prices uh, from both Santa Anita and Fairgrounds. Folks, Laurel Park is the place to be this Saturday with two grade three races highlighting a loaded 10-race card. First Bet is offering your money back up to $10 each time the horse you bet to win in all races at Laurel on Saturday comes in second or third. What are you waiting for? Start handicapping today. By the way, those two grade three races, the Barber Fritchie and the General George, are part of our weekend stakes preview tomorrow night, Bob. We've got a dozen races that we're going to look at tomorrow. Of course, uh, the main event, if you will, is what's going on at the fairgrounds on Saturday with races like the Risen Star and the Rachel Alexander. I think we're going to look at six races, six stakes from the fairgrounds as part of the weekend stakes preview. Uh, we've got both of those great Laurel stakes. They've also got uh, their biggest day of the meet at Sunland Park coming up Sunday, including the Sunland Derby. Some places you see at the Sunland Derby. Some places it's called the Sunland Park Derby. Whatever it is, it's a points qualifier on the road to the Kentucky Derby, and it takes place Sunday, and we are going to talk about those races as well. Looking forward to tomorrow's edition of the Weekend Stakes Preview. All right, uh, let's get some prices in real quickly for Santa Anita. Third race on the card went to the favorite number one, Northeast Star. She's a four-year-old Bay Philly by Galileo Gold out of the Sea, the Moon Mare, Northeast Moon, owned by Davis Racing, Giordano or Miller, trained by George Papa Bedromo, Juan Hernandez, the rider. Yeah, Northeast Star uh, paid four twenty to win, two sixty to place, two twenty to, sh- uh, to to show. The seven horse uh, Ankira paid three twenty to place, two twenty to show. Dolly May two forty to show. Very uh, chalky results here. The one dollar exacto one seven six forty. The one dollar try one seven three ten even. The one dollar superfector of one seven three two. For one dollar paid twenty six forty. Let's get out to Santa Anita now because they're only about three minutes away from post time for the fourth race on the card, a Calbred Maiden Special Weight event for three-year-old fillies uh, going the distance of six furlongs on the fast main track. Field of seven gathering for this race, Bob. First bet AI says number four, Chasing Cat, who is actually the second choice in the wagering at 5-2, to two, is uh, easily the one to beat in this spot with a 30% win chance, according to the first bet AI. Top two riders get the top two favorites in this race, Bob. Flavian Pratt, Juan Hernandez tied going into today with 28 wins apiece at the meet. And uh, Flavian Pratt's on the four, Chasing Cat. Juan Hernandez on the three, the favorite, Really Thirsty. 
Yeah, no, really thirsty shows up here from Florida. Uh, switched over by owner uh, Gary Barber to Peter Miller. Um, I thought uh, that uh, she would be over bat. Looks like she is. She she did show some quickness in that Gulfstream turf, turf race in which she uh, debuted. She was a $65,000 Ocala uh, two-year-old. She really has a very turfy uh, female family chasing cat. Um, you know, it's pretty modest form. She got crushed by a Gary uh, Studi trainee called Safa, January 6th. I mean, Pratt does stay, and he's two for five for Leonard Powell. But I'm going to join first bets. Uh, Jeff Siegel with a first-time starter. I feel like this race is right for a first-time starter to step up, and Hector Palma's got one that looks real live. His main man, Tiago Pereira, rides. Um, they're two to nine together. And Roberta's loves well-bred. She's a half to a grade one place uh uh, winner in yesterday's news, a horse that finished second to Dream Tree in the in the Starlet a few years ago. I think the square price on her, she's about six to one, and I think uh, I think uh, Jeff might be on to one here, and I'm I'm going to agree with him. Okay, so uh, he likes number two, Roberta's Love, a first time starter uh, by Collected. By the way, you can get Jeff Stegall's handicapping selections for every race at Santa Anita every day for free. Just go to news.first, that's one st.com. News.first.com. You get Jeff Stegall's handicapping selections every day uh, for the Santa Anita meet, and uh, Jeff uh, and his team like the looks of number two, Roberta's Love, a first-time starter uh, facing some, well, let's face it, facing some runners who have run decently already in their careers, but there are question marks for both really thirsty and chasing cat. As they're kind of delaying before going to the start, I just want to give a little bit of other news. I had mentioned something about trainer Jonathan Wong. SoCal-based trainer Dan Blacker, who is... um, has been training for many, many years and not a guy you would associate from for with being in trouble. Uh, he's been suspended for 90 days and fined $15,000 for not filing veterinarian inspections reports. And basically what this is is the – you know, with these new rules, both in California and with, with HISA, you know, anytime you're even thinking about working a horse – uh, they have to be inspected uh, a few days before the horse is scheduled to work uh, and approved by the veterinarian. And these inspections have to be entered into a computer database. And apparently he just hasn't been doing it and he didn't make no bones about it. He didn't make any excuses. He just kind of made it sound like uh, it wasn't something that he had really been thinking about and wasn't trying to get over on anybody. And says, I take full responsibility, and it'll never happen again, and, you know, I'll take my medicine. Um, He's, if you don't know Dan Blacker, he's uh, maybe as famously as being the husband of Melissa Blacker, formerly Melissa Oliveris, who, of course, is on uh, TVG and places like that for many, many years. Um, But by all rights, a a very good guy and a very good trainer, and uh, he just made a mistake. Yeah, no, I mean, basically, I think it was a classic case of one of those situations in which, um, you know, there was rules in place, and uh, you know, you know, I don't, I have no idea. You know, I'm not around on the backside of uh, Santa Anita by any means, but yeah, it looked like um, he basically kind of took it on the chin there, and you know, I sort of owned up, to, owned up to it. it was very clear. 
And, uh, you know, going forward, I don't think we really, um, at least I don't as a racing fan, I don't expect any, um, um, I don't expect Dan Blacker to get in trouble in the first place. So, uh, so I think, I think that he just thought it was, uh, you know, rules that, you know, maybe he wasn't entirely aware of or the fact that they would be so strictly enforced. Um, another first time starter in here I'd like to mention is Big Pop, who's taken some money course that cost 75000 and Mark Latt really has been rewarding his backers to the tune of 37% this meet. The guy's been on fire for over a year, and he's pretty capable with firsters. Um, yeah, but again, uh, Roberta's, Roberta's loves the selection, about halfway loaded. All right. Favorite continues to be number three, Really Thirsty, that invader from South Florida who ran very well sprinting on the turf at Gulfstream. Uh, this past January, now trying the dirt at San Anita and uh, moving from the Mark Cassie barn to the Pete Miller barn. Pete Miller off to a slow start this meet, but obviously very capable as well at winning races in bunches. Last few runners going in. We'll hand it off to Frank Miramati at San Anita. And they're off. Easter coming back. The fence on the far outside, chasing Cat in the yellow. Here's Really Thirsty now moving through along the inside. Big Pop, just two lengths off the pace. Then it's Roberta's Love, and Bia Goldfish is far back. Down the back stretch, it's a contested battle. It's really thirsty along the inside. Chasing Cat in between now takes a narrow lead. Easter coming back. Big Pop in the red. Big Pop engages. Chasing Cat three furlongs from home. Just behind this group is Roberta's Love. Inching up on the outside to take fourth. A big gap back to the fence and be a goldfish. Quarter of a mile to go. Big Pop takes the lead pretty easily. Away from Chasing Cat in second. Just behind them, Really Thirsty in third. And then Roberta's Love. And Chasing Cat comes right back. Had something in the tank. Big Pop now all out second as they come past the eighth pole. Chasing Cat. Big Pop. Chasing Cat on the inside. Big pop, big pop once again in front, and it is big pop close to the wire. Big pop wins at first asking. Chasing Cat in a photo with Roberta's love, then be a goldfish and really thirsty. Firsters ran very well in the fourth race at Santa Anita, Bob. They end up finishing first and third, respectively. It's the other one, the one you mentioned secondly, number six, Big Pop, who grinds away at number four, Chasing Cat, to get the better of that one in the waning yards and get the win going away for the Red Hot Mark, Red Hot Mark Glatt and jockey Kyle Frey. Yeah, really late money here. Hammered all the way down to two to one. Again, a $75,000 yearling purchase. Got a big, strong filly. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, Roberta's love early part of the race, uh, showed some signs of greenness, got it together late, you know, finished a, a long neck second here, uh, behind chasing cat, the one with experience. And, uh, all of us were right here to throw out uh, really thirsty, um, who, who went off, uh, shade under two to one. Um, yeah, I think that who knows? I mean, you know, she's, she's cow bred. So she went from Florida to California for Gary Barber. Um, he'll find a race to win with her. <laughs> I'm sure he will. He knows. He will. All right. Uh, let's get the prices out for the seventh race at Fairgrounds, where number eight, Koufax, held on tenaciously to get the win. Six-year-old Gray or Roan Gelding by conveyance out of the Bellamy Road, Mayor Kitty's Pearl, owned by Maggie Moss and trained by Tom Amos with Edgar Morales. 
Oh, tenacious effort by uh, Koufax here. Paid seven forty to win, four forty to place, three dollars to show. Uh, again, uh, Unified Dreams uh, loomed. I think it would be unfair to say that uh, he hung. Um, he just uh, ran into a, a very tough horse on the day. Paid six eighty to place, four forty to show. And uh, good to see a promising effort from a uh, French composer for the uh, Sarah Delaney Barn. Paid four eighty to show. The one dollar exact to eight five paid twenty one thirty. The fifty cent try eight five one paid seventy seven forty five. And the ten cent super eight five one four paid forty two twenty four. Which of course for dollars four hundred twenty two dollars and forty cents. All right, it's time now for the Blood Horse News Update, and look at the top headlines from bloodhorse.com. Against Ramsey, settled. A agreed order entered February 9th, released escrow funds. Ramsey says Ward, quote-unquote, made whole. Trainer Wesley Ward's lawsuit against owner-breeder Ken Ramsey is settled. The trial set to start on February 19th will not take place. In a joint statement released by the parties, Ramsey and Ward, Ramsey said Ward was, quote, made whole by the settlement. Following a late afternoon e email inquiry February 9th from Blood Horse, Ramsey attorney Craig Robertson replied, quote, case is settled, settlement is confidential. Ward attorney Graham Morgan did not initially respond to a similar inquiry. Now here's where the funny part is, Bob. Here is a quote from, from owner Ken Ramsey. Quote, Wesley Ward is one of the premier trainers in the country. I was fortunate to have worked with him for so many years. I can say with 100% certainty that I do not in any way question his training of my horses and our settlement reflects that fact. I am a man of my word and Wesley has been made whole for his training services, unquote. Then the story goes on to quote trainer Wesley Ward who says, I have the utmost respect for Ken Ramsey, having worked with him for over a decade. He is an icon in the thoroughbred business. I am glad we could put this misunderstanding behind us, and I look forward to many more years of mutual respect and friendship, unquote. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. Follow the road to the Kentucky Derby, plus have the latest racing, breeding, sales, and industry news and analysis, plus entries, results, race replay videos, and more at your fingertips. With the Blood Horse Daily app for your phone updated throughout the day or delivered daily in an email, both are free. Blood Horse Daily has the largest reach of any industry electronic newsletter or app. Go to bloodhorse.com forward slash daily to download the app or sign up now. Bob, for the last few years, it seemed like neither of these guys could say anything nice about the other one and Wesley Ward was apparently suing uh, owner breeder Ken Ramsey for just shy of a million dollars for fee you know these were basically for training fees and whatever else for many many years that uh, Ken Ramsey was delinquent on and then Ken Ramsey said well I'm going to turn around and sue him for this and this and now the settlement is made and these guys are saying the nicest things possible to be on the other side and the best part is when Ken Ramsey says something, when Ken Ramsey says something about <laughs> I am a man of my word and Wesley has been made whole for his training services. <laughs> I would like to I know mean, yeah. what the quotes would have been if a settlement was not reached. 
Me too. Um, but it's nice that uh, one of racing's uh, long-standing soap operas is over and has ended with a few cocktails and exchanges of several hugs. Love is in the air, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I am a man of my word. Once you sue me. Yeah. Principled. He's a very <laughs> Once principled. Once you sue me, I am a man of my word, sir. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's amazing. Once I see your legal team. Once I see your legal team, I become a man of my I word. I am a man of my By the way, this is not the only soap opera that has been solved and, and something that happened a few weeks ago. We really we haven't seen much of it other than the announcement that um, I, I guess the folks in Saudi Arabia finally have come to the conclusion uh, that uh, they wanted to not validate maximum security's win in the inaugural Saudi Cup, which would oh, basically yeah. disqualify him from the uh, $10 million first place prize and move everyone up one notch as far as that goes. And of course, uh, the owners of maximum security, Gary and Mary West, they have been nothing but cordial in this. In fact, that they, you know, they basically made it sound like, yeah, we, we think that, you know, he should come down and, and, uh, you know, we shouldn't get the money now that they've learned everything that they've learned about what happened with, uh, their former trainer, Jason service. Uh, but our good friend and a friend of the station, uh, Jeff Bloom, who was the principal owner of runner-up Midnight Bisu, my guess is that uh, if it hasn't happened already, is on the verge of having a lot more money in his bank account. Yes, unquestionably so and well-deserved. Uh, took, you know, forever for whatever reason, but, uh, you know, I'm sure they make up their own rules out there um, as as um, things transgress and uh, transgress, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, on question, I think, you know, it's just nice that, yeah, it's been settled from a monetary perspective because that's a heck of a lot of money, and Mid- Midnight Bisu um, is legit. <laughs> yeah, now, now Jeff, I know got... Jeff, had, Jeff had sold a portion of her before she had run in that race, and maybe it was a couple races before. He was not the sole owner of Midnight Bisu, but uh, regardless, whatever it is, I believe that means that instead of getting um, – like four million dollars for second place, they get ten million dollars for first. So it is a, it is a, a huge bump. And Midnight Bisu, who, all, who already, uh, you know, was one of the uh, biggest money makers in the history of thoroughbred racing, it's uh, now going to go up significantly. And she was obviously a very, very good filly uh, uh, for the years that she was running. All right, let's get out to the track, Bob. Eighth race on the card at Fairgrounds is just uh, about three or four minutes away. And this race is one mile on the turf. Good allowance event here for fillies and mares that are non-winners of one other than. Scratch numbers 1, 13, and 14. We've got a big field of 11 going to the gate at this point. A couple of them vying for favoritism right now are number 9, Haystack, with Joel Rosario for Whit Beckman. Number 10, Paint Me Perfect for David Cohen and Steve Margolis. They are 3-1 to one and 7-2, to two respectively, in the wagering. First bet, AI says it's pretty even, but a slight uh, choice goes to number 6, She's on the Rocks, who is 13-1 for Cherie DeVoe and Corey Lannery. Yeah, I... I, I... It's th- I think that's about right, 13-1 to 1 on She's on the Rocks. I mean, several horses to mention in here. Haystack for Whit Beckman. I, you know, short, I expected the short price on Haystack, who's uh, currently 3-1. to one. Short price horse, you know, again, one of these horses that's difficult to win with. 
full to a uh, stakes quality uh, uh, turf, turf campaigner in Fort Washington. So obviously it's a lovely pedigree for the grass. Notable but paint me perfect here is uh, taking a lot of money. Um, Steve Margolis having a wonderful meet down there for uh, on, you know, at the fairgrounds. These are his chief owners, uh, the Lowe's, right now. It could very well be her turn. I expect better from the three-horse lady Mercedes for uh, trainer Grant Forster. I mean, this uh, mare comes from the family of the classy turf sprinter Gaff, who was a stakes winner on both sides of the pond. And she had a nice win here versus Le a Lesser on January 25th. It's been working very well. But the outside seems to be where the quality horses are, in my opinion. I can't believe the price on Spartan Queen for Michelle Ovell and um, new rider Edgar Morales. Deshaun Parker's off his mount today. The very capable uh, Morales, who won the last race there on Koufax, picks up this mount. And she's a well-bred Medaglia Doro, a uh, four-year-old filly. Has plenty of turf in her pedigree. Um, but I'm going to go with the one that's pretty live on the board. Kind of got bet, as I've been talking, from 8-1 to one down to 5-1, to one, and that's Heckled. Heckled is a half to pixelate, a really wonderful uh, city zip gelding who did so much for uh, Godolphin a few years ago. And and uh, this is uh, Mike Stidham. We've seen his horses run well on a consistent basis since he started winning races about six weeks ago at the fairgrounds. He's been on what, you know kind of one of his usual roles, and part of that was discovering uh, the British rider Ben Curtis, who's riding at fairgrounds this meet, instead of riding on the all-weather in uh, England, uh, and has really had a pretty fruitful meet, made up a, a, a fruitful partnership with uh, Stidham, of course, a half percentage trainer. I think this could be two on the day for Godolphin. I like the 12 horse in here, heckled. All right, so they are circling before they make their way onto the turf course and toward the starting gate for the eighth race at fairgrounds. Here's some other news uh, that's somewhat fairgrounds-oriented. More on a, a good note here, uh, Epicenter, who, of course, was seriously injured during the Breeders' Cup Classic that Flightline won a couple of years ago. Remember running down the backstretch, he was just pulled up, and uh, we didn't know what was going to happen with Epicenter if he was going to survive the injuries. He's not only survived, but apparently off to a, a, a good start to his stallion career. So uh, good news. I had kind of not thought of the the name Epicenter in over a year. And uh, I am super happy to hear that uh, he has not only uh, survived those scary injuries, but is back okay and uh, supposedly off to a good start uh, as a sire. Yeah, no, great horse. Um, you know, had a wonderful career and um, – Lovely job by the uh, you know the veterinary team. This is another one, what really one of the first ones by uh, not this time, um, that uh, showed a huge amount of class in his career. He was six for eleven. Uh, of course, won the Jim Dandy, won the Travers, uh, won the Louisiana Derby, won the Risen Star, which is, uh, you know as you mentioned before this weekend, and had a great career and you know in that particular Breeders' Cup. Um, you know, which was won by flight line by eight and a quarter in Olympiad, um, was second at a huge price. I mean, Epicenter was, you know, six to one against a horse that was, you know, you know, less than one to two. So, I mean, he was basically the second best older horse in America or second best handicap horse in America at the time. And it's, you know, it's wonderful to have him amongst our, our um, U.S. stallion ranks. Yeah, and he, I mean, he made so much of his history at Louisiana, at uh, Louisiana Downs, at Fairgrounds, and uh, 
fitting that uh, we're getting good news about them as they're uh, just getting close to one of their biggest events of the year, the Grade 2 Risen Star, this Saturday. By the way, I think the field in the Risen Star this year is great. I think it is a phenomenal race. I think there are four or five runners in there who are Kentucky Derby type of horses. Not necessarily horses that will win, that can, can win the Derby, but horses that, you know, legitimately can have uh, dreams of being in the starting gate on the first Saturday in May. I'm really looking forward to this year's edition of the Risen Star, the featured event this Saturday at Fairgrounds. And, of course, one of uh, six stakes on the card, and Bob and I will cover all stick, all six rather, as part of our weekend stakes preview tomorrow night from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. But that is then. This is now. We've got A.O. the then Philly and Mare Turfers trying the distance of a mile in this eighth race at the Fairgrounds. Just a couple left to load. Waiting on the 11, Spartan Queen with uh, substitute rider Edgar Morales in the irons. And number 12, Heckled on the outside for Mike Stidham and Ben Curtis. We'll hand it off to John Dooley for the call. And they're off. And toward the inside, there's Dulcia along with Sake. Now use Can't Leave. She's on the rocks. Miss River Rat and Spartan Queen joins as they make their way toward the first turn with Jaime Torres. Dulcia leads out. It's Dulcie in front of Spartan Queen with Now Use Can't Leave on the rail. She's on the rocks in fourth. Nearest the inside is Saki saving ground in fifth as Haystack looks to improve on the outside, her position in the lime green. Then she's on the rocks with to the inside Saki taken back, Ben Curtis and Heckled in the Godolphin Blue. Miss River Rat is traveling well, making this run toward the half-mile pole. Paving perfect is wide, Coco icing toward the inside parts of the course and leading Mercedes trails. The turf mile, the opening quarter 23.47 clock by Dulcia. Dulcia to a half mile from home. In front here is Spartan Queen, who follows the leader. Now use can't leave his saving ground. Haystack running in fourth. Then Sake in fifth. She's on the rocks. Heckled on the far outside. Six lengths off of Dulcia. As they round the far turn, Coco icing Miss River Rat. Pay me perfect in the trailer remains. Lady Mercedes, it's still Dulcia. Half mile in 48.48. Steady as she goes. Dulcia toward the quarter pole from Spartan Queen. Right there is Haystack three wide. Heckle follows four deep as they turn for home. Now you can leave toward the inside and then Sake. These Phillies mares straighten away after three quarters. And one minute 13.05 seconds. Dulcia. Here's Spartan Queen on the outside Haystack, right there, Sake between horses. Deluse can't leave. Coco icing in tight quarters there with the black cap. She had nowhere to go. Heckle kept her in. Pay Me Perfect is charging hard on the front side for David Cohen. Here's Pay Me Perfect right over the top. Pay Me Perfect has won it from Spartan Queen with Deluse can't leave. She's on the rocks. Dulcia, Heckle, Lady Mercedes, Sake. Uh, father back then was Haystack along with Coco icing. And among those last home, Miss River Rat and the Phillies Mare's Turf. Unofficially 10-11-5, the top three finishers in the eighth race at Fairgrounds, way out on the crown of the course, Bob. Number 10, Paint Me Perfect, with jockey David Cohen aboard, comes rolling home to get the win. She was actually vying for favoritism when we first started looking at this race, drifted up to 5-1 to one at post time, ended up the fourth choice in the wagering, and she gets the win. Yeah, you know, you see a lot of races like that at the fairgrounds where at the eighth pole there's about six or eight of them across the course, and so often the outside seems to be the place to be. And all credit to jockey David Cohen there. He held on to his filly the longest. I mean, he waited and waited and waited, basically asked her for three-sixteenths a run, and she kicked in huge. And uh, basically uh, this is a filly 
that uh, you know runs second here on November 23rd, beaten three quarters, and was really unlucky December 21st when she got beat a nose. They freshened her up. She came back with a bullet on January 31st, best of uh, 45, a half mile and 48 and two to signal her readiness. And uh, again, Steve Steve Margolis, fifth winner of the meet from uh, 15 starters. Great stuff, and uh, pretty much is the private trainer now for uh, Robert Luana Lowe. So, and obviously they're pretty formidable owners. So it's a pretty good gig, but uh, excellent ride by by Cohen, who's her regular rider and uh, does a great job for Margolis. And uh, good to see those two get their first one of the meet together. All right, let's get the prices in for the fourth at Santa Anita before we go to break. The winner was number six, Big Pop, first-time starter of three-year-old Bay Philly by Mr. Big out of the Yes, It's True Mare Propero, owned by Red Baron's farmer Rancho Temescal and trained by Mark Glatt with Kyle Frey in the Irons. Yeah, Mark Mark Glatt now pushing 40% on the meet at Santa Anita. He won't mind the additional racing coming up uh, as a big barn. Probably has a live one for a lot of races in the next several days. Keep an eye on him. Big Pop's a big first-time starter by Mr. Big and uh, paid 660 to win, 320 to place, 280 to show. Chasing Cat, 340 to place, 280 to show. Good effort from Roberta's Love. I'd keep an eye on her going forward. She paid 380 to show. The $1 exact is 648 bucks. $1 try, 642, 3390. The $1 Superfecta, $648. Two one with be a goldfish being the one horse picked up fourth there, paid one hundred and fifteen dollars and thirty cents. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get you those prices at fairgrounds, and we'll head out to Santa Anita. They're just seven minutes away from post time for race five on their Thursday program, First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to Dennis Melvin's house. It's time for the Midnight Snack Run. This is one tricky obstacle course. Sticking to healthy habits in this kitchen is going to take focus and determination, but it can be done, JB. He's already entered the snack part of the course, and he's eyeballing a jar of chocolate candy. That is tempting right off the start. Uh-oh. He's reaching, Bill, but he pushes it away. Great stiff arm. He's approaching a plate of delicious-looking iced cookies. Oh, Dennis, you only want one of those. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. It's make or break time, JB. He stares down some rich-looking treats. Uh-oh. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle, and shuts the door with his elbow in record time. Unbelievable move. I gotta see that again. And he's out. He even turned off the light. That's the way you execute a midnight snack run. Stand up to cancer and rally want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. The YMCA is just a starting line for the true self blooms only when we find our purpose, what makes us tick below the surface. My why is diversity in unity, a safe space in my community, living with sincerity, giving every day my everything. With my why, I stand strong, seen and supported all along. It's a million faces in a mirror and everyone belongs. Find your why. Learn more at ymca.org for a better us. Standing at the edge of a rocky shore, you breathe in the cool, salty air, watching the sun disappear on the horizon. Across the globe, someone begins their day along a sandy beach, listening to the rhythm of the crashing waves. You each envision a world beneath the water, vibrant life in every imaginable form. 
Now, imagine it's all gone. What was once a place of wonder and beauty is now a dull, lifeless wasteland. Food, jobs, medicine, all gifts from the ocean, all gone. Time is running out to protect our oceans. And without our love, everything the oceans provide can and will disappear. It's our choice. Love it or lose it. Help protect our oceans. Visit World Wildlife Fund at www.org love. Don't miss the Equine Forum every Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on HRRN. Mike Penna brings you the latest in thoroughbred racing, featuring interviews with trainers, jockeys, owners, and other racing insiders. Plus, exclusive segments you won't hear anywhere else. The Equine Forum, the show that launched a network. Saturdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. A quarter of a mile to go. Kinza still three quarters of a length. Copian called on now, trying to close the gap. Top of the lane, Kinza maintains the lead, coming to the eighth ball. Copian fully extended, but now two and a half behind, and then she's a Tempest. They're coming to the 16th ball, and Kinza just keeps on rolling on the front end. And they couldn't get close to Kinza. Kinza too strong to score in the Lost Virginis. Copian second best. She's a Tempest third in front of nothing like you. Welcome back. First bed racing show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. That, of course, was Frank Miramati on mic this past weekend. The grade three Lost Virginis out at Santa Anita. Won in gate-to-wire fashion by Kinza. She defeated Copian, two very talented fillies running 1-2 in the Grade 3 Las Virginis. More about that in just a few minutes. Speaking of Santa Anita, Bob, they're uh, only two minutes away from post time for the fifth race on the Santa Anita card, one mile on the turf. It's uh, a Calbred optional claiming allowance event, fillies and mares, non-winners of one other than or in for a claiming tag of $20,000. Scratch number six, Court Snort would have taken some money. In this race, all eyes on number four, Rough Ride for Craig Lewis and jockey Juan Hernandez. Top selection of the first bet A and top, AI, rather, and top selection of the betters right now. Even money on the board coming off a win against similar starter allowance competition in her most recent start. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Court Snort is a huge scratch. I mean, removes the uh, Flavian Pratt factor from the race. I mean, really... Generally speaking, in Southern California, everything Pratt rides a must must include on the turf. Um, Rough rides one of these horses that you know is a deep closer. You know makes you know you can rely on her to make her bid, but she's going to have to get lucky in the last furlong. I was intrigued by uh, Turiaf in here, of course, named after the former Laker Ronnie Turiaf, um, a, a son of Lakerville, who ships in from Golden Gate. It'll be interesting. Uh, to see uh, what she can pull off in here uh, in her first race in Southern California. But I love a horse in here, Jesse Bear. I, I think Jesse Bear has a great chance. I think the fact that she's uh, ridden by Herrero and trained by Aggie Ordonez, that's why you're getting the great price, low-profile pro- low connections. I mean, she's out of a mare called Cagey Girl. is a wonderful turf mare, and I really like the way she did it in her last race. I think she's a really honest, reliable filly in here. <clears throat> and... Um, 
just a golden opportunity at, a, at an inflated price. I mean, 10 to 1 in the morning line. She's out of a – when I say cagey girl, she'd buy, buy crowd please. There was a really good horse trained by, by Jonathan uh, Shepard back in the day. And, uh, you know, she broke her maiden last out, but she flashed excellent form in maiden races uh, before that. And she's just one of these horses that's taking her time and is getting the hang of things. Um, worked well January 28th uh, since that maiden win on January 6th. And uh, I expect her to run well. I mean, she definitely fits into, from a numbers perspective. And, and watching her uh, replay of her maiden win, she fended off um, uh, bougie-like. And it was a you know it was a tough stretch battle. So uh, if if Rough Ride doesn't um, have things fall into place neatly for her, I think she's vulnerable for the Craig Lewis barn. And we you know you do have to contend with uh, Hernandez. Um, he's riding for Craig Lewis. Bob, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off. They're all in the, the gate. Here's the fifth at Santa Anita. Okay. Jesse Bear along the inside. I'll have another kiss. Sprints up to take over, and Roman Empress slides into second. Jesse Bear at the rail in third. Sensible move is three wide into the first turn with Turioff between those two. Then Abita and Rough Rod. Rounding the clubhouse turn, I'll have another kiss. Opens up. It's a four length lead already as they make their way onto the back stretch. On the outside, Roman Empress is in second, followed by Jesse Bear, who's now seven lengths off this front-running I'll-have-another-kiss. That group followed by Turioff, inside sensible move, Abita and Rough Riot. Heading to the half-mile pole, I'll-have-another-kiss. Just trying to make this a runaway, leads it by five. Jesse Bear clearly second now. As Turioff inches up, moving nicely along the inside to be a joint second, Roman Empress has lost some ground in fourth. They're followed by Sensible Move and Abita. Rough Ride is at the back. I'll have another kiss. Maintains the lead midway on the far turn. Three-length cushion on Jesse Bear. Sensible Move, three deep. Turioff is at the rail. From the back of the field, Rough Ride is trying to pick up some pieces. Coming to the eighth pole, I'll have another kiss. Jesse Bear, Abita is now starting to finish well in the center of the course. A 16th to go, I'll have another kiss. Here comes Abita and Hector Berrios on the outside. And Rough Ride takes off fast. Rough Ride with an explosive kick runs them all down. Abita was second. Jesse Bear, I'll have another kiss. Centurion. Well, it took her a while to get going, but when the favorite rough ride kicked it in, she kicked it in with plenty of gusto, gets her third win from her last four starts, and gets it done once again under top jock Juan Hernandez. Yeah, no, it's one of those situations where um, I'll have another kiss who, uh, you know, looked like the pace filly in here, and I'll have another filly uh, ridden by um, Antonio Freysu, basically, I mean, the way the race worked out, it was an ideal pace setter for the favorite. I mean, she basically forced um, a couple of others to move pretty pretty uh, soon in there. Um, Turiaf and, and uh, Jesse Bear, no excuse, ran a brave third, got beat about a length and a half. Um, but, yeah, no, perfect setup for Rough Ride. And, uh, you know, all the room in the world. And uh, Juan Hernandez, as we know, doesn't make too many mistakes. All right, let's get the prices out, Bob, for the eighth race at Fairgrounds. Number 10, Paint Me Perfect, coming away with the win. A four-year-old chestnut filly by Munnings out of the Kittens Joy Mare Cabela, owned by Robert and Luana Lowe and trained by Steve Margolis with jockey David Cohen. 
Yeah, generous payoffs here. Paint me perfect. Again, the Red Hop Margolis, a Breeders' Cup sprint winning trainer back in the day at Santa Anita. Uh, Paint me perfect. Paid thirteen forty to win, five forty to place, four dollars to show. Great effort from Spartan Queen. Paid ten sixty to place, six eighty to show. Kelly Rubley Barn picks up third. Now use can't leave. Ten twenty to show. The one dollar exact at ten eleven. Eighty two dollars twenty cents. The fifty cent try. Ten eleven five four hundred ninety one seventy five, and the ten cent super ten eleven five six a hefty nine hundred thirty three dollars and fifty one cents. Folks, it's the month of love, and First Bet is showing theirs with the First Bet $20,000 sweepstakes series. Earn entries for every wager you make from February 1st through February 29th. That's right, it's a leap year to win a $1,000 betting voucher. Get bonus entries on weekdays and on first tracks. Ten runner-up winners get $500 betting vouchers. Another 100 third-prize winners get $100 betting vouchers. You can't win if you don't opt in, so load up your First Bet account and start wagering now. All right. Um, I want to give you time before the upcoming race at Fairgrounds, Bob, which is 10 minutes away, uh, and I know that your first bet of the day is in that race, but we do have some time. As I mentioned, they're just in the paddock now and getting the saddles on for that ninth race on the card at Fairgrounds. As we came out of break, we heard the stretch run of last weekend's Grade 3 Las Virginas Stakes out at Santa Anita. It is a points qualifier on the road to this year's Kentucky Oaks. However, uh, in the field of five, only three of the five runners were eligible to earn points because the other two are trained by Bob Baffert, including the very impressive winner, Kinza. She was coming off a maiden score, sprinting the lone start of her career end of December and uh, stretched out with no problems beating the very talented, cop- very talented Copion by about two lengths and in a final time, a respectable 137 flat for the two-turn mile. But, of course, Kinza, trained by Bob Baffert, is not eligible to earn uh, points towards the Kentucky Oaks, and none of Baffert's runners are eligible to run uh, at Churchill Downs uh, at at this point, at least through 2024. Uh, I know the news came out. Uh, while I was away that Bob Baffert uh, had basically dropped any lawsuits that he had uh, against Churchill Downs and was trying to make amends or at least kind of making things go away. Um, And Churchill has basically said this doesn't change anything for this year. Uh, And that's fine. I wouldn't expect them to say anything different than that. What I was thinking, though, is there has to be a point uh, when Churchill Downs is deciding to suspend Uh, or not suspend, but bar Bob Baffert uh, from any activities at Churchill Downs and basically bar any runners in his barn from earning Oaks or Derby points um, where they say, well, what are the owners going to do? And, uh, you know, the common thought, at least in my thing, would be, well, these people aren't going to miss a chance to run in the Kentucky Derby or the Kentucky Oaks, and they're going to give their horses to somebody else. And that's what's happened over the last few years. But now we're in 2024, and somehow we've gotten to a point where every one of Bob Baffert's owners has stuck by him. And it's not surprising to me that they have stuck by him. Obviously, they like him enough that they employ him as a trainer for all their horses. Uh, But they've... There are several of them who have basically foregone their chances at competing in and possibly winning the Kentucky Derby. 
because you never know if this chance is going to come again. Yeah, these are some, you know, a lot of these owners have a lot of money and they're high powered and they seem to seem to have good horses year after year. But we know, Bob, that it's not quite that easy. And the folks that, for instance, own Nisos, which I believe is Bayoma Corporation, it's not like they have top flight phenomenal horses year after year that are derby type horses. Um and it's we're in a funny part, and I hate to say this, Bob, but it's true. I am a guy that appreciates chaos, especially when it does not involve me. Um, I don't want chaos in my life. I don't <laughs> want chaos in my family's life. But this kind of chaos is interesting. And we're at a point where now there is a chance that the best three-year-old in the country – will not be running in the Kentucky Derby and not because he or she is hurt. And obviously there's a lot of time between now and the first Saturday in May, but um, as of now, I think uh, the consensus would be that Nisos at this point would be favored if he was running in the Kentucky Derby. He's looked phenomenal on all three starts, Um, but – they're not going to be running in the Kentucky Derby. And my question to you, Bob, is do you think w- – would you have ever thought that all of the owners would unite? And and they haven't really – I don't know if they've united, but all of the owners would just basically say, we're going to pass on Churchill Downs. We're sticking with our guy. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't entirely surprise me because I think most you know, the overriding school thought of – amongst Baffert's owners that it's gone on for too long and that it's just gotten it's become sheer folly so you know the message that they can send um is that um you know we're not going to skirt the rules here to make our horse eligible um you know there's a lot of races to be to be won you know one thing and you know I don't know what if Baffert would press this forward or other people but you know the derby can be detrimental to um you know from a performance standpoint for three-year-old horses at this point i mean you know a lot of horses in this day and age aren't really bred uh to run a mile and a quarter at that point in their careers i mean that's why you get the rich strikes that's why you get races falling apart and horses like that essentially plotters picking up the pieces um you know by the time the travers rolls around um, you know, they need that extra development time. I mean, there's they, there's so much emphasis on, you know, juvenile speed and, and stuff like that. You just don't – we don't have talented stayers uh, that often. So, um, Churchill, I think – you know, I mean, I've heard some people assert that since it's the 150th Kentucky Derby, um, you know, they don't want it to all be about the return of the Baffert Bard and, you know, Nisos, America's current wonder horse. Who knows? I mean, that's all hearsay as well. But the most important thing from our standpoint is the racing fans. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, as Nisos and and some of his stable mates are also very talented, and this Kinza, I mean, you know, very likely if the Kentucky Derby were run in two weeks, that would be your Oaks favorite and your Derby favorite. There's no way that you could argue with that unless people who thought when Copion – and of course, just just FYI, here is the champion two-year-old filly's about to get going. She worked again 
um, a few days ago at Payson Park. We can expect her. Hopefully she'll be really great, the daughter of Justify, and go to the front of that division. She's, she's a super talented horse that's, you know, basically not on people's minds right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's just an interesting set of situations, but I've always kind of found it a little bit um, incorrect that, you know, we just assume about owners and breeders that the Kentucky Derby is their dream race to win. I mean, I think that is the truth for a lot of people. Um, but I know a lot of people in the sport who've been breeding horses and racing horses for a long time that think that it's, you know, not a wise move unless you've got a, a coal or a gelding, uh, maybe the rare filly that's specifically built, you know, has that right level of toughness to compete in a race at that point in their lives. It's a demanding race, and it takes a long time to recover from. Interesting notes, and I'd love to hear what our listeners think about that, and we'd certainly invite them to call in during the upcoming call-in show at 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'd love to hear their thoughts on I think that Churchill Downs never imagined that they'd all forego a chance. I think they thought that the name, the Kentucky Derby was so above and beyond everything that everyone would drop everything they were doing to get into it and possibly win it. And the fact that that hasn't happened, I'm sure they're just kind of dumbfounded that, that it is. And let's face it, I'm sure they're rooting that, uh, against horses like Nisos and Kinza because they certainly don't want there to be a story out there that it's the Derby, but the best, ho- the best three-year-old in the country isn't running. It's the Oaks, but the best three-year-old in the Philly is the best three-year-old filly in the country isn't running. So uh, interesting notes, and uh, like I said, I enjoy chaos, and we're in a chaotic point of time as far as the Oaks and the Derby goes. Let's hope there's uh, not chaos in the ninth and final at Fairgrounds. State-bred maiden $20,000 claiming event. The three-year-olds and up sprinting five-and-a-half furlongs. Field of nine, Bob. First bet, AI says number five, Catalina Day at five-to-one is where you want your money. I know your first bet of the day is in this race. Race, so take it away. Yeah, a couple things. Uh, James Scully is joining uh, Bobby on the call-in show, and of course, um, you know he's he's you know I don't I'm not looking at his business card in front of me right now, but uh, he he definitely um, works for you know CDI. Um, so I mean that it's an interesting discussion, and um, as far as it going this far. I mean, I, th- I mean, I think the Churchill Downs builds its brands, its brand in general, on the mighty Kentucky Derby. And, um, you know, maybe they're in a little bit of a dream world um, and have misjudged its importance and significance. I mean, at least these very powerful owners that support this trainer who's been barred and their actions in the last 60 days, it's, you know, it's been quite a comeuppance for them. So we'll see, you know, what happens going forward. And, uh, you know, who knows? I, I mean, I, I kind of fully expect this to be the, the end of it um, for whatever reason. But uh, this is the first bet racing show, and the first bet best of the best of the day is in this race, which I believe will be the last one we have on the show. And it's the two horse in here, Custom Cadillac. Um, this is a bottom level uh, maiden claiming race um, at the fairgrounds, uh, you know, for three and up boys, state bred, Louisiana bred. So it's one of the, <clears throat> it's one of the, um, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, easier races to win at the fairgrounds. So there isn't a whole lot of talent on display here. Um, but if you take custom Cadillac and you excuse him his last two races, which last April at Evangeline, 
going a mile um, too far. Obviously, he's been laid off since then. Um, that was not a pleasant experience for him. It was against straight maidens, maiden special weight company. He dro- drops way down in for a tag the first time. He cost $25,000, so he's running below his purchase price. For a barn that's won a lot of races at the fairgrounds um, over the years, Jay Cucci is having just a terrible meet. He's 0 for 15 for a second. So you've got to have faith that he can bring this horse off a layoff into a big performance. Mitchell Merle, who's ridden him before on the turf, he hated the turf. He's not bred for the turf. He's by custom for Carlos out of a forestry mare. Um, basically, he, he ran three really good races, including a belated bid in his debut December 26 of 2022, followed by a couple of races in January and February against straight maidens going this distance on this main track, which are w- would win this race fairly easily. So if you believe that he's close to that form that he was in at this time last year, which he very well could be, he's got he's been working right along since November 19th over this surface, and it doesn't take much horse to win this race, and you're getting a square price. Although interestingly, maybe the barn's betting he's just gone from nine to two into three to one here in the last few minutes. But the first bet of the day is uh, what looks to be a well-manned horse uh, uh, called Custom Cadillac, the two hoping to get the uh, Jay Cuccia barn off their schneid into the winner's circle. All right, you need them to get this race into the starting gate as quickly as possible because the longer they wait, the lower the odds have been going on number two, Custom Cadillac. As you mentioned, uh, about 5-1 to one when you started talking is actually co-favored at 3-1 to one right now on the board. There are three runners in this race right now, three to one on the board. Those are number two, Custom Cadillac, the five, Catalina Day, and number nine, Cajun Mischief, who is uh, coming off a sloppy track effort last time out, getting back onto a fast track today, but ran well on both wet and dry ta- tracks already in his career. So these state-bred maiden claimers are uh, making their way to the starting gate where they will uh, take up the line for this race. We do owe you some prices for Santa Anita. We will get you those uh, in a few minutes, and uh, hopefully if they get this race off in order, we'll be able to get you paid here before the top of the hour as well. And they are starting the loading process for this race. Once again, uh, Bob's first bet of the day is in this ninth and final at Fairgrounds. It's number two, Custom Cadillac. Deep dive into the past performances for him on this son of Custom for Carlos, who has two atrocious races coming into this one, but perhaps excuses for those poor races. And uh, if you can draw a line through them, speed figure-wise, his race is three and four starts back, uh, both about a year ago from now, uh, would put him right there, if not on top, in this field but uh, that's a long time ago and uh, we will see the certainly the betters are in agreement with you Bob because uh, this horse continues to take play there are obviously people who are willing to look past the recent transgressions for number two custom Cadillac and hope that he fires a big shot for a barn that as you mentioned uh, is really in need of a win they're not really especially known for getting these Horses off long layoffs, cranked up and ready to go, but maybe this is the rare air. And here is John Dooley on the call. They're in the gate. 
And the rough. Son of Reality was slow to go. Custom Cadillac breaks sharp along with Great Dane right there on the outside back by you. And uh, also Catalina Day is close. Lovely Sassy Kaya and Father Out is Puppeteer. Cage of Mischief on the extreme outside. Great Dane toward the rail. Then comes Son of Reality and uh, the first time starter, Country Choice, running greenly and trails the maiden here in the Thursday finale. It's Custom Cadillac. He leads for Mitchell Morrill. Takes them through a quarter. In 22.71 seconds, aiming for Custom Cadillac. Right there is back by you, and on the outside, Catalina Day in the three-path. Puppeteer vying for fourth with lovely Sassy Kaya. Then comes Great Dane and Cajun Mischief on the far outside. They turn for home. It's Custom Cadillac past the quarter pole. Custom Cadillac leads with the rail. Charging on the outside is Catalina Day. Back by you now levels off. Then Great Dane and lovely Sassy Kaya. Cajun Mischief and Puppeteer. They come past the 16th with Mitchell Marul. It's Custom Cadillac chased home by Great Dane, who will fall second and best to Custom Cadillac, who scored the winning run by four and a half from Gray Dane. Catalina Day third, and back by you, finish fourth. Boy, we should have some sort of a sound effect when Bob's first bet of the day comes rolling home with a vengeance like this one did. Number two, Custom Cadillac. Great selection there, Bob, the son of Custom for Carlos, uh, who, well, for there, no sugarcoating it, was just awful in each of his last two starts. But as you pointed out, maybe reasons to forgive both of those races. He not only won easily today, he was hammered at the windows. Three to one as they were going into the gate, ends up the nine to five favorite. But listen, if the worst thing that happens to you today, Bob, is that you complain that you didn't win enough, you had a good day. <laughs> that ain't happening. The day's too young. Uh, but that is, you know, as 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 we know, it's long been referred to as the biggest class drop in racing from uh, straight maidens down to 20. And this is a case of a horse that ran on the turf and didn't run a step. And then they tried to run him around a ground and he's bred to sprint on the main track. And so getting back to what he was bred to do, um, you know, nicely prepared by a barn that needs a win and a stout drop from uh, Open Maiden Company uh, to, uh, you know, I, I think that might be pretty close to the bottom level for uh, state breads. Maiden claiming 20 at uh, fairgrounds to some of the slowest horses on the grounds and Custom Cadillac was too fast for them. And uh, who knows? I mean, he might show up in a state bread allowance race. They might give him a crack out of that if he comes back thriving. He's bouncing after the race, so really cool to see. All right, uh, race has gone official. We'll be able to get you those prices in just a few minutes. Speaking of prices, oh, yeah, the prices at Santa Anita for their fifth race where the favorite number four rough ride got her third win from her last four starts. She's a four-year-old chestnut filly by Clubhouse Ride out of the Tkarchi Mare Oscillator, owned by 6S Racing Stable. They've been around forever. Craig Lewis, the trainer. Juan Hernandez, the rider. Yeah, third one of the meet for uh, Craig Lewis, of course, of Larry the Legend and many other uh, 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 good horses in his care for decades now. Uh, race set up by the fourth-place finisher. I'll have another kiss who kind of ran off on the front end and uh again Juan Hernandez very much in form as usual uh timed it beautifully and won the race uh, from a beat who ran a good race but uh, rough ride was the four paid 360 to win 260 to place 220 to show 
a beat of the two second, 560 to place, 320 to show, and Jesse Barrow I loved in there. Got beat about a length and a half, paid a nice 460 to show. I'll have another kiss again, was uh, fourth. The $1 exact of 42 paid 1340. The $1 try 421 44.10. And the uh, $1 uh, superfecta 4217 paid 252.40. And it's been great to uh, have Santa Anita on the show. Yeah, wish they were on every Thursday, my friend. Let's get the prices in for the finale at Fairgrounds. Your first bet of the day, number two, Custom Cadillac, a runaway winner. Four-year-old Chestnut Gelding by Custom for Carlos out of the Forestry Mare Liberina, owned by Wildcat Racing Stable, trained by Jay Kucha, and trained by Mitchell Merle, or rather ridden to victory by Mitchell Merle. Yeah, Custom Cadillac uh, broke really sharply, and then it was kind of game over, increased his advantage down the stretch. Uh, he paid 560 to win. 360 to place, 320 to show, Gray Dane, 980 to place, 480 to show, Catalina Day, the five, ran third, paid $4 to show, the $1 exacto, 2 3, 20 70, the 50 cent try, 2 3 5, $49.10, and the uh, $1 uh, superfecta in there, 2 3 5 4, $595.30. Uh, Bob, it's been fun uh, being back in the saddle after a couple of weeks off. I uh, appreciate you taking the helm, but I'm glad that uh, we are now co-pilots, as you were, uh, back on the First Bet Racing Show. want to remind everybody that uh, James Scully can join me on the call-in show, which is coming up in about five minutes. Number to get in, 888-966-4776. That's 888-966-HRRN. Tomorrow... Betting with Bobby, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Live action from Aqueduct, Gulfstream, Santa Anita, Oaklawn, and Fairgrounds. Also going to have Nick Tamaro, the announcer at Sam Houston. He's also the uh, morning line maker for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, he is going to join me on to talk about a uh, big card that they have Saturday at Sam Houston. Maybe give us a few selections on some of their Saturday action. And then Bob uh, back in the saddle tomorrow night with me uh, for the weekend stakes preview 6 to 7 p.m eastern time we'll look at 12 races from around the country this weekend including points qualifiers on the road to the kentucky derby in both fairgrounds and sunland park that's going to wrap it up today on the first bet racing show for our producer lee delapina my co-host bob nastanovich i'm bobby newman thanks so much for joining in stick around the call-in show is coming up in four minutes